Sidewalk Audio and PatioBooks.com presents The Prince of Hazel and Oak A podcast novel by John Lenahan Book 2 of the Shadow Magic series Read by the author Chapter 1. Detective Fallon Detective Fallon seemed to have given up on shouting. I've seen people getting off by claiming insanity, he said sitting back in his chair. Connor, you ain't doing it right. So you don't think I'm crazy then? I asked. Oh, I think you're plenty crazy, but not insane. Aren't they synonyms? Not in my thesaurus. If you want to get off by reasons of insanity, you have to be a nutcase all the time. You know, with the drooling and the swatting at imaginary bats. You, on the other hand, kill your father and then act completely normal. Except for claiming that Daddy was attacked by imps and pixies from Fairyland. Tiernanog, I corrected. Sorry, from Tiernanog. And there are no pixies in Tiernanog. Look, O'Neill. Detective Fallon leaned in, and I could see he was inches away from returning to shouting mode. You've been arrested for murder. They've got a death penalty in this state. I didn't kill my dad. Honest. If I killed him, where's the body? If there's no body, there can't be a murder. You've been watching too much TV, O'Neill. You can fry without a body. Trust me. So what do you suggest I do? Fallon softened back into his good cop mode. Tell the truth? Oh, that. I was kind of hoping you had a better suggestion. The truth. That's how I'd gotten into this predicament. As soon as I returned to what the Tyrannogians call the real world, all of the real world problems crashed in on me like a tidal wave. I've never been very good at lying, but what else could I do? Dad's boss had reported him missing, and the cops were waiting for me when I returned. They had lots of questions after finding the front door wide open and the living room trashed. I made up some lame excuse about a boisterous party that happened when some of Dad's old friends from Ireland unexpectedly showed up. I explained that Dad and I went on a spontaneous trip and that Pop was fishing with his old buddies and... Everything was fine. The cops accepted that explanation, but as I later found out, they didn't believe it. Sally was really mad at me. She went on and on about how worried she had been and how thoughtless I was for not getting in touch. The sad thing was, I didn't care. Not only about Sally, but about pretty much everything. What's the old saying? Home is where the heart is? Well... I left my heart back in the land. It seems that even though I missed the actual ceremony, I graduated from high school. I forced myself to show up for enrollment at University of Scranton, but after just one day, I knew I couldn't face it. What could a college professor teach me? What did he really know? All the food tasted like cardboard, and even worse, when I slept, I didn't dream. I remembered once telling Fergal that some of the real world was like the land, but 
covered in gray film. Now all of it was like that, even the countryside. One day I took a drive into the woods and wandered among the trees. I saw a magnificent oak that lifted my spirits and I wrapped my arms around it, but the tree was silent. I could almost feel the life in it, but it snubbed me, as if to say, you don't belong here. And then there was Essa. I knew it was unfair, but I couldn't help comparing her with Sally, and Sally didn't match up. How could she? It didn't take a soothsayer to notice that my thoughts were elsewhere. Sally finally had enough. She said that I had changed, and she was right. We broke up. I suppose I should have gotten a job, but that seemed even more trivial than university, so I spent my time staring at the walls. I couldn't even stomach watching television. Trouble really started when the electric company turned off the power. I hadn't opened any mail, let alone paid bills, but darkness forced me to do something about it. I had the PIN numbers to Dad's bank accounts. Well, he didn't need the money anymore. He was living on top of a gold mine. I can still see myself standing in front of the cash machine. This is it, I thought. A symbol that, like it or not, this was my world now and not his. Dad was gone. I desperately needed his advice, and then I remembered what he had said. There's nothing back there for you. I hadn't listened. I hate it when he was right. I punched the buttons and withdrew a wad of cash out of his account. I didn't think I could feel any lower. I was wrong. The police showed up at the house that evening with a search warrant. They hadn't bought the story about Dad being on an extended holiday. They had been monitoring Dad's bank accounts, waiting for me to do exactly what I did. Forensic specialists in jumpsuits took samples of the carpet, confiscated my clothes, and all the weird weapons in the house. When they finished, a policeman told me not to leave town, like he was in some old TV cop show. Word of the police raids spread through the neighborhood like wildfire. The authorities, it seems, weren't the only ones who thought I had committed patricide. I didn't know what to do. Sally showed up as I was packing in preparation for making a run for it. I decided to tell her the truth. I sat her down and told her everything. I played down the Essa stuff. And amazingly, she took it in her stride. She told me that she believed me and wished me luck. Two minutes after leaving the house, she called the cops and told them I was crazy. The only crazy thing I had done was to come back for her. A uniformed officer and a badge-brandishing Detective Fallon were standing on my front porch when I opened the door with a bag over my shoulder. It was Halloween. The first thing I ever said to Fallon was, Don't you have a policeman's costume? The first thing he ever said to me in that out-of-place southern drawl of his was, Connor O'Neill? I have a warrant for your arrest. Here's how I see it, Connor, Officer Fallon said as he paced around the interrogation room. Your father, the mad 
one-handed ancient language professor was a strange man. I'm not saying that to make you angry, but I've done some research, and you have to admit he was at least unusual. You won't get any arguments from me on that one, I said. Pop was the weirdest guy in town. I also heard he used to make you sword fight with him just to get your spending money. Strange, but true. So one day, you just had enough. In the heat of one of your fencing practices... Broadswords, I interrupted. Dad hates fencing. Okay. In the heat of one of your broadswords bouts, you flip out and accidentally kill him. Then you panic and you bury the body. I laughed. You don't know how many times I came close to doing just that, but no, that's not what happened. Connor, we found your father's blood on the carpet. He was injured when we were attacked. I didn't do it. And we found traces of blood in a splatter pattern on a leather shirt. That's not my dad's blood. Well, the pathologist disagrees. She says the shirt and the carpet had one of the most unusual DNA patterns she has ever seen. That's because the blood on the shirt came from one of his relatives. I thought your father was an orphan. So did I, I said, throwing my hands in the air. Look, I've explained all this. Haven't you been listening? Fallon sat down and sighed. To be honest with you, no, I haven't. I thought if I let you ramble on with this cock and bull story, I might get it out of your system and we could get down to the facts. Sorry to disappoint you, Detective Fallon. Call me Brandon. Sorry to disappoint you, Detective Fallon, I repeated, but those are the facts. All right then, Connor, I'll humor you. Tell me this thing from the top and I promise I'll pay attention. So I told him the truth. What else could I do? I knew it wasn't going to help, but lying wasn't working either. So I told him the whole tale about how Dad and I were abducted and taken to Tirnanog, the land of eternal youth, where I found out that Dad was the heir to the throne, and unfortunately, because of an ancient prediction saying that the son of the one-handed prince would be the ruin of all the land, everybody wanted me dead, especially the unlawful king. Dad's nasty piece-of-work brother, Kielty. With the help of a mother that I never knew I had, we escaped Kielty's dungeon and I hooked up with an army that was preparing to forcefully oust my slimy uncle. The army had scary information suggesting that Kielty had hidden a magical bomb and was threatening to destroy everything. Dad and I and a couple of others snuck into the castle before the attack and disarmed the bomb. Kielty was dethroned but got away. So... Fallon said with a quizzical look on his face. You saved the world. I had help. And when in all of this fracas did you cut your uncle's hand off? Just after Dad reattached his. All right, I take it all back, Connor. You are insane after all. After listening to myself, I wondered if he was right. It wasn't the first time since my return that I had grappled with my sanity. The only thing that kept me from going over the edge was the stuff I had brought back with me. My clothes, Fergal's banshee blade, and Mom's present. Many a night I just sat and touched them, wishing they could somehow transport me back to the land. But they weren't with me now, and at that moment I wondered if I had imagined them too. I think I would have lost it right then and there if Fallon hadn't saved me. He reached into an evidence folder and 
placed in front of me a paperback-sized sheet of gold in a wooden frame. What's this? he asked. I picked it up. It was like a life jacket to a drowning man. It's called an Allen slate, I said, feeling my throat tighten. My mother gave it to me. It's solid gold. I know. We found faint writing on it. What's it for? Anything written on this slate appears on its twin. I picked up a pen from the table and clicked the ballpoint back into the chamber. With the blunt end, I wrote the contents of my heart. I wrote H-E-L-P. Help. And you're saying your mama has the other one of these in this land of yours? Yes. So how is she? My anger exploded. How dare he be so flippant about this? If I had a banta stick, I would have clocked him in the head for that. But anger gave way to understanding. Firstly, he was trying to get me mad, and I wasn't going to play his game. And secondly, he didn't take this seriously. He didn't understand how deep his quip cut. And it did cut. After spending one day back in the real world and Waking from a dreamless sleep, I realized how much of a mistake returning had been. I had found a mother, my mother, something I had wished for with all my heart and all of my life, and as soon as I found her, I left her. How stupid is that? I wrote her every day for a month and spent countless hours wiping the tears out of my eyes just so I could see that the Allen slate gave me no reply. I looked Fallon in the eyes and admitted, it doesn't work here. You sure? Maybe your mother sent you little notes on this thing and told you to kill your father. No, I told you, it doesn't work. Look, Connor, I'm just trying to help you. The stories about the leprechauns didn't convince me that you were insane, but getting letters from an imaginary mother just might save you from the chop. I thought about that. Maybe he was right. Maybe he was my friend, and this was good advice. I looked into his kind countenance, and I almost bought it. But then his eyes gave away the truth. You're not trying to help me, I said. I know what you're doing. You're trying to get me to say I did it. So you can tick a little box in your score sheet and go home to your wife and 2.5 children and tell them that daddy got the bad guy today. But I'm not going to oblige. I did not kill my father, I screamed. I loved him. And and I miss him. And, and I hate myself. I broke down and wept. Why do you hate yourself, Connor? Fallon said in a calm voice like a psychiatrist getting to the crux of a problem. You hate yourself because you loved him and you hurt him? I picked my head off my damp arms and looked at him through a blur of my tears. No, I said. I hate myself for being so stupid. I hate myself for leaving him. Fallon picked up his notepad and stood up. Let's take a break, he said. Maybe you should just sit and 
think for a while. I could tell he was disappointed. I'm sure he thought I was about to confess. He unlocked the door, but before he went through, he stopped and he said, Just one. I looked at him, confused. I don't have 2.5 children, just one, a girl. And I promise I won't tell her you're a bad guy. You're not a bad guy, Connor. You're troubled and in trouble, but you're not a bad guy. That was it. I had hit rock bottom. Less from the impossible situation I was in than the fact that I had just admitted to a complete stranger my deepest regret. And by telling it to him, I revealed it to myself. And it hurt worse than anything I had ever experienced before. Even Fergal's death was not this bad. At least then I had someone else to blame. This was all my own doing. I dropped my head onto the Owen slate and closed my eyes, not caring if I slept or not. Sleeping brought me no relief. I couldn't even escape into a dream. I felt the message before I saw it. My cheek was resting on the Owen slate, and a tickling sensation stirred me enough to lift my head and take a look. There, underneath my cry for help, was a sentence. It read, Are you in trouble? Yes, I screamed. I don't think I'd ever been happier in my life. Like a bawling child lost in a shopping mall, I was found. My mother was going to hug me to her breast and wipe away my tears. I reached for a pen and realized that Fallon had taken it with him. I frantically searched around the room trying to find something I could etch a reply with, but the only thing in the room was me, two chairs, and a table. I tried to use my fingernails, but I had bitten them down to nothing. I hammered on the door and shouted. After seemed like ages, it opened. Standing there was Detective Fallon and a uniform cop holding a club. Give me your pen, I shouted as I jumped up and down. Back off, Connor, he demanded. Oh, okay, okay, I said, putting my hands up and doing as I was told. J just give me your pen. The two policemen cautiously entered the room. Why do you want the pen? Fallon asked. I just do. I'm not going to give you my pen, Detective Fallon said in pacifying tones, until you tell me what you want it for. Okay, I did it. I killed my father. I chopped him up and I buried him. I want to confess. Give me your notepad and pen and I'll write a confession. Where'd you bury him? I, I can't tell you. I'm, I'm having trouble speaking. Give me your pen and I'll write it all down for you. Everything. The two policemen looked at each other in amazement. Fallon gave me a skeptical look, but he offered out his notepad and pen. I snatched the ballpoint, ran over to the table, and turned the slate around to write on it. Fallon grabbed the pen back before I could etch a mark and tried to read the Gaelic sentence aloud. Did you write this? he said. Yeah, yeah I did. See, I'm crazy. I'm writing letters to myself in a made-up language. Here, I'll show you. I reached for the slate, but he pulled it out of my reach. We stared at each other. His eyes narrowed with an effort to figure out what was going on. I gazed back wide-eyed and pleading. Please, I said. Trust me, this is important. He handed me the slate, and I wrote on it. 
Y-E-S. I dropped the slate on the table and stared at it. So did Fallon. Just when I thought my eyes were going to burn a hole in the gold surface, letters appeared one by one. I will be right there, it said. Fallon's eyes shot up to look at me. They were a lot wider than before. What just happened here? I got a magic email. What does it say? It says, I will be right there. What does that mean? It means, I said, my mom's going to bail me out. You have been listening to The Prince of Hazel and Oak, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. You can hear more of their fabulous music at www.lunasa.ie. That's L-U-N-A-S-A dot I-E. You can learn more about Shadow Magic and its author on www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Shadow Magic, book one of the series, is available from HarperCollins in paperback, EPUB, and Kindle formats.